a sluggo. Slant and go. See the beef curry and uh, kind of doubted our faces were going to show up. <laughs> the way things were going pre-show, um, what a comedy of errors and problems and mistakes and you know just, just seems, what do you call that on brand? On brand, it just seems to be RMO, right? It's it's how we it's how we roll. I was telling you, I was in the Astros. I was doing an Astros podcast before this, and uh, you know, I was saying, okay, three, two, one, click drops so you know today is the day of course parker got home right before that so he probably had like nine devices going um you know at the same time hey case the weather here in texas is finally beautiful after a week of freezing i mean you're coming from new jersey so you're probably going yeah wow you're really tough dude um seven whole days of uh below 20 degrees was a bit much february's turned out to be a heck of a weather month for Texas. Yeah, well, I, I'll be honest with you. There's, there's no one that's tougher just because they live in it longer. I'll be honest. Like that's why we're here in South Carolina because I hate it. You should see me in the morning. I bundle up from head to toe, uh, driving the golf cart. Literally, I have a hat on, my hood's on. I got a face warmer, earmuffs, just about gloves, the whole nine. You would think it was negative forty, and we were in Minnesota, but. <laughs> but um, we're doing all right here. A face warmer. What is a face oh, yeah. warmer? It goes from my, it goes from my ears, ears all the way down to my face. I don't know if that, it that probably doesn't do it much justice, but it yeah. literally goes over my head, hmm. and, it, and it doubles as a mask too. So, you know, oh, well, yeah. if ever there was time for a mask, um, it was 2020. Um, hey. Uh, I put on the agenda tonight a VFW update because breaking news after two years plus some for about two years we've been talking. Finally met up with Jimmy last uh, actually it was a week before Saturday before last. Forgot to talk about last week. I'm so embarrassed. Nice. But he dropped off the plaque that uh, honors my dad. Nobody can probably read that. Very cool. And uh, I got one. He's got one in the um, oh, hanging cool. on the wall, and um, says the Kyle Veterans of Foreign Wars Post One Two Zero Five Eight has received a generous donation uh, in memory of Daniel C. J. Coleman, uh, U.S. Army World War Two Five Zero Seventh Parachute Regiment, Battle of the Bulge, Purple Heart. Proud of my dad, but this was never the goal. Um, the goal was to feed those guys for Christmas dinner. And uh, you guys helped out, you and Locks and, and JJ and Nelson and, and everybody who contributed. I appreciate it. It wasn't the goal wasn't to get my dad's name on a plaque. It's just a generous or a, a, a byproduct of what we did. He's the only name I knew and familiar face. And um, to pay everybody back for their generous donation, I asked him if there was anything I could do. And uh, he said, no. Uh, we don't sell beer. We don't do this. We collect money and we feed veterans. 
And by the way, we have this big thing in April. <laughs> so uh, big fundraiser, um, picnic, barbecue, music, the whole thing. He needs volunteers. Me and the wife are going to volunteer for him. And, uh, Very cool. You know, give him a helping hand. It's their big fundraiser. He sent me the information. This is this is kind of hilarious. He said, oh, you can you can um, sponsor tables or whatever. So, oh, I might be interested. Let me look. I looked, and if you want to be, I don't remember, they had different levels, but the first one was like $1,000 a you know, table for eight. And I was like, oh, I don't. Thing. I think we'll be moving the chairs um, <laughs> around those two thousand dollars. Yes, yes, we'll be we'll be serving the folks at the five thousand dollar table. But um, so anyway, I wanted to thank everybody one more time. Got the plaque. The other uh, similar plaque is up at the VFW honor my dad. So thank you everybody. Whether you gave one dollar or fifty or how much ever you gave, uh, it's appreciated. Uh, and uh, Casey. Locks and JJ from the Chop and Beef uh, were big, huge helps in in that. Thank you very much, Case. Um, oh yeah, I'm supposed to tell you. Um, you know, you go through fatherhood, Casey, and Slider's young now. And everything's either good or bad. I'm, you know, I, Parker was not a problem when he's a kid. He didn't have many tantrums, uh, and he's been a great kid, and and he really. On airplanes, he was always good. On in cars, he was good, except for the time he threw up. Um, but he's always been a good traveler. He's always been a good kid. We've never had any problems with him. Um, you know, had to drag him through the seventh or eighth grade or whatever it was. But <laughs> but he's doing great now. He's taking advanced courses. But but as a father, you always wonder: Are you doing the right thing? Are you are you? training him right or is he going to be a good man when he grows up you're never quite sure right because some of the best kids you end up seeing on the serial killer channels so you always wonder but and he's a teenager now right you're all his hormones are going through him, girls and you think boy and, and just when you think i have taught this kid well um <laughs> how you know your father of a teenager is him and his mom are trying to set up a haircut Sunday, and um, uh, so she says, "Okay, open at eleven. I'll text. I'll call him at eleven and set it up, or get on the app and set it up." And she does that, and she says, "Okay, I'm in." Uh, there's a two-hour wait. He's fifteen now. There's a two-hour wait, and he texts back, "WTF." Uh, my job here is done. <laughs> my 15-year-old is texting his mom, WTF. So I don't know what that says about being a parent, but something for you to look forward to in the next 10 years or so. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, it'll be it'll be a fun ride, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's never never given us any problem, and, and he often tells us, I know you guys think I'm naive, but I'm not really naive. And he proved it. He, you know, he might not even know what WTF means for all I know. He just knows it. So, um, so I'm just preparing you as you know. You think you're you think you're doing bad, and they do good, and you think you're doing good and not so good. But my wife just laughed out loud when she got the text. So it was kind of funny. But but anyway, hey, you wanted to tell us about Jeffrey? Well, I just real quick shout out a friend of the show. He does listen to us, although he has a show of his own tonight in the acting form. 
But uh, Lawrence Skip Long, Clemson alumnus from two, class of 2001 and friend of mine, we shared many a Clemson stage together, uh, is currently on a two-game, what time is it? Two-game winning streak on Jeopardy. So uh, definitely give him a look. He is a Clemson guy, huge Clemson fan, very knowledgeable, obviously very smart, but just wanted to give him a quick shout on the Sluggo show tonight. And for those that watch it at 7, already know. Those that watch it at 7.30, like here in South Carolina, don't know. But he could be a three-time <laughs> he could be a three-time champion after tonight. We'll see. All right. Good deal. Two-time champs. Uh, hey, Kevron. Kevron, check I, I know, South Carolina. I know Kevron likes the Jeopardy, so I'm sure he watched tonight. All right. Well, it didn't start out to be a great show, but we'll, we're going to pick it up a little bit. Anthony Weiss checks in, says, what's up, guys? What's up? Anthony, good to see you. What's Great happening? To see you. Yeah. Where are you coming from, uh, Anthony? By the way, drop us a note in the uh, in the chat. Let us know where you're where you're watching or listening. Kevin says, good evening again. Clemson men's basketball loss last night. We're going to talk about that. Casey the Beef and Marty the Creep had a disagreement on the last play of the game. And how old is my son's 15? So WTF is uh, not out of the question. Um, and I'm sure he said. I'm sure he said a lot worse around his friends. I'm, we're not. No, dying. no. Uh, Anthony Chicago. is in Chicago, but he lives in Spartanburg. All right. That's right. We knew cool. that. We knew that. We do now. We'll know it next time. Uh, oh yeah, Kevron's talking about the basketball team losing last night. Now, Chancy and I were on different sides. I took North Carolina uh, just because of history, and you know. I've got 100 more years of history than everybody else. I've seen a lot more heartbreaking losses. You've seen some up close, I'm sure, um, uh, from the bench. But um, I just didn't think. I thought North Carolina's length was going to give Clemson a hard time. I thought Clemson was going to have to make threes. They didn't have Hunter Tyson. Uh, they were 6-for-24 in the game before that against Georgia Tech. Of course, that was at Georgia Tech. But anyway, I thought North Carolina – all that and just the general karma against North Carolina, no matter where they play, wasn't going to be good. Chancey took Clemson because they were playing at Little John, and and we were both really close to right. I got lucky in the in the end, but you, me, and friend of the show Houston Burnett were going. You know, and after all, they named Twitter Beef after you. That's how it got its name after <laughs> Casey Beef. Um, but. You, Chance, you, Houston, and I were talking about that last play. I was okay with um, Collins taking the shot. I certainly understood you guys' point. Um, there's guards that take a lot more shots than Collins. From he's forty six point seven percent. It was a good look. He missed the shot. Oh well. Maybe I was selling them short. I was just happy they got a shot off. You know, because there's been plenty of instances where. It didn't even get a shot off or it bounced off somebody's head or, you know, offensive foul or or whatever happened. So um, I was happy they got a shot off. It was a good look with a decent uh, three-point shooter, just not one of your best guys. The reason I was okay with it is because Collins is the bigger guy. And, again, many flashbacks to Georgia Tech where a couple of times Honor, you know, got rejected, just hand was stood up and then, hit the ceiling and I was okay, but I get your point. What's your take on it? Well, yeah, my point was 
I like David Collins. I think he's a, a, a great sixth guy off, you know, the first guy off the bench. I, I think it's fantastic for him. I just thought in the lineup that they had there at the end, he would have been my third choice. He wouldn't have been my fifth choice, but he wouldn't have been my first choice. But you have to give him credit. I mean, the play was there. It was 3.1 seconds. That's, you know, the announcers were making it feel, you feel like they were, it was a no brainer for them to be able to get, get a shot off with 3.1 seconds. I'm sorry. It, they say it's about a second for, per dribble. That's three dribbles. You got to, that's a long way. We're not talking LeBron where three dribbles gets him all the way across the court. Um, and, and you got the 6'10, um, what the heck's his name? The, the big dude, the Manic, that was fantastic again last night because he was the only good player when they played Duke the other night uh, in the face. So I, I thought the shot was great. I just, my point was he probably would have been my third because Hemingway was on the floor as well as Dawes. And I think Dawes, even though he only had 10 points last night, he was running that offense really pretty well. And it was him and P.J. Hall who were who were fantastic and shifling off the bench of all people. But um, I just thought that with the with the three guys that they had on the court that could shoot it, I would have picked Collins third. Dawes probably won. Hemingway two. One, one A, one, you know, one of those things. And then Collins three. He had a good look. He missed a shot. You know, uh, uh, Amir Sims had that similar look a year ago and hit the shot. So it's just it's some, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. John Chancey blames the refs. It's uh, always the refs. It's North Carolina. <laughs> Although that one. He got more than one free throw. After Baycott fouls out and that little, they immediately called Hall for a foul. It probably was, but man, oh man, they were they were letting them play a lot. And then all of a sudden, these little two ticky-tack fouls. I'm not sure Baycott should have been a fifth either, but Collins just kind of stood there and, and flopped. But, man, that was pretty – with that a minute 17 left, you're going to call that on P.J. Hall after I watched numerous run times <laughs> down the floor on both ends, on both ends, that when the people are setting screens, they literally would hands out push somebody out of the way. So they were setting the screen. The guy tried to get around him, push, shoved to the not to the floor, shoved out of the way. No call. Hall running towards somebody, rubs up against somebody. Didn't really set a screen. That's probably what they got him for. Immediately foul. So it was just yeah. it was tough in that moment. I think. Here's here's the funny thing. Hall gets assaulted. You know, ten times down the court, and they don't call anything. Then they called a flop warning on him. Wasn't it him? I think it was him. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy, and then they call the foul. Yeah. Hey, Anthony, yes about the chopping beef. You have to stay tuned. We get to that later in the show. That's a standard. <laughs> I saw that Casey subliminally. <laughs> I answered um, it up. Yeah, that's cool. We're good. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a good game, and and you know something else you and I talked about last night or or texted about actually was I can't. It's like a car wreck. I can't turn away right if i'm around and the game is on i'm gonna watch it but it is it is hard they they just can never ever get over the hump and i i don't know no i don't there seems to be a a a malaise around the program uh from fans and um it's just i kind of feel like we're it's never going to get better and if there ever was a year, this is the year. The ACC's down, right? The ACC is is really, really down. I think somebody on Twitter, I don't know if you saw this, they had week by week the AP, I think, top 25. 
And if your if the team was in the top twenty five, it had the number there for ACC, and there was like you know the whole year for Duke and two in North Carolina, and had one here and one there, and the rest of the ACC was nothing. Uh, really down year, and they're and they're barely reaching five hundred. And what did they drop? Three and eight in the conference last night, or four and eight, or um, I don't know. It's really tough to um, get invested in the club. It's just baffling. I know that I know it's hard to win in the ACC. It doesn't matter who it is and when, if they're up or if they're down. But you, you you play a team that's generally completely outsizes you, and you feel like is a huge mismatch. Unless Clemson's shooting it well from three. Being North Carolina, I mean, with those three guys up front that are six, they average six ten. Baycott's over that, um, but you just feel like you're gonna get you're gonna get beat on the boards, and yet here we are, you know, bitching and moaning about a three a two point game when they played them hard. They played a good team hard. Yes, are they having a a down year? They're still what sixteen and seven, something like that. They're not they're not as down as people want. Them. They're just not North Carolina. I guarantee they played Duke pretty hard but then they lose to boston college who i watched a little bit of their game last night against syracuse and i'm like how is this a college team uh, they're they're atrocious so like i just that's the roller coaster i know that houston and i have talked about in the past you and i have texted about in the past it's just it's hard to get invested because it's just like you just never know you know there were times last night that i was so excited they had great defensive uh, pressure they had great defensive stops they had defensive stops when they needed a stop. You know, they were up eleven. You're like, yeah, and then all of a sudden they're down nine before you blink. You're like, how does how did that happen? <laughs> um, but North Carolina yeah. is very athletic. It was just it's just this constant. And, and there's times that I'll turn it off because, and I'm, I'm I don't like admitting that. Well, the, the, there's Chancey says they're twelve on eleven. Yeah, right around five hundred. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, and I was talking about in the conference. I think they're like four and eight when it's the worst the ACC's been in years. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, and if it was game to game, that'd be one thing. Like if they've destroyed Boston College, then lose to North Carolina, you kind of get it, or lose to Duke. Yeah, okay, no, no big deal. But it's like twenty times within the same game, right? Like you said, they're up by eleven, they're down by nine, they're tied, they're. You know, it's just crazy, and uh, unfortunately, most times it ends up not ending up the right way for Clemson fans, and it's just hard to get invested. Um, they've got some good players. Uh, P.J. Hall has made strides. He's wonderful. Um, he is yeah. wonderful. I don't know if I like him jacking up six or seven threes a game. He can make them, but, I mean, that's not his game, as you talk no, about. But he was two for five last night. Yeah. He's the only he's the only big guy they've got, and it's just really weird to see him jacking up threes. And here's a name I don't recognize: Tyler Neely. It's time for Clownell to go. Okay, that tells me where he's at. Anyone <laughs> who argues he deserves to keep his job is factually okay with being mediocre. He's still living off the legend of Bobby Buckets, Gabe Defoe, who we all love, and riding his coattails to the sweet. 16. Hey, Tyler, uh, we don't know your name, but we appreciate you joining in. Let yeah. us know where you're uh, watching, listening. We appreciate you're watching. it. Yeah, absolutely. A new name, and we appreciate that. Um, I just wonder, uh, you know, the old saying about who would take over 
who would take the job, right? Uh, if if Brent Hall's let go, and I don't know if there's anything besides mediocre for Clemson basketball. I know there was a few years in the nineties. Um, they were really good. They were not really good when I was at Clemson, but you know, I think maybe the Sweet Sixteen is, is it, right? It's kind of like uh, South Carolina in football, for example, right? I mean, what are the best they can hope for is like nine and three, right? They had some I think we talked seasons. about it. We talked about yeah. it a little bit. Um, okay. Last year, just being, you know, basically, what is the ceiling? What should be the ceiling? Should it be? getting into the tournament every year and hopefully making a sweet 16 occasionally elite eight i know there's people in south carolina that that uh hate the fact that south carolina went on that really good run in the cup in 2017 where they went to the final four they caught lightning in the bottle i get it that, that's going to happen but they're in the same boat clemson is right now the only name that would interest me and i doubt it would interest anybody at clemson other than me is rick patino at iona and I don't know if he runs a clean program. I don't know if it matters anymore. I don't know if his his uh, his past would fit in the South, especially with that Boston, New York kind of mixture yeah. accent that he has. And being at Iona, it's probably more New York now. So I don't know if that would fit. I know South Carolina is, is yammering to get him to South Carolina, and he probably fits there. Um, but, man, if you want somebody to kind of take over a team and, and be that guy, I mean, there's names – now, Patino's old, but there's got to be a guy of that kind of stature that's going to bring some clout to the program. I mean, the facilities uh, admittedly aren't up aren't up to par with some of these major places. Uh, I think that's the junior. And, and they're good. No, thank you. <laughs> Just daddy, please. <laughs> Kay, we'll Casey's take Bill Self. Casey's got dad issues. Tyler is checking. He's from Central Clemson, South Carolina, native born and raised. Congrats. Congrats. Uh, Tyler says, I think with the resources we have now and the money getting to the school, we deserve more. I think making Bernie areas realistic and obtainable, I would tend to agree. I like RP. Rick Patino. Oh, he's too dirty for Clemson and it's tight bow. It's type bow tie folks to hire. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, yeah, um, I I wouldn't be interested in Pacino. Uh, I don't. I just don't know. Maybe a young and up and coming coach. You know, that's what Brownell was. Yeah, I mean, you know, like right. But he's not young anymore. He's been twelve years. (laughs) Let's try again. If you if you if you don't, you know what they say. uh, You know, when you hire and fire coaches, you usually go from one extreme to the other, right? So you got a young and up and comer. Maybe a veteran coach is it. I just wonder who's going to come to Clemson. You're always going to play second fiddle at the best and maybe even third if Monty can get the baseball team back to where it's going to go. Some coaches like it, though, and I I know we don't want to stay here forever, but when the last year, you ready for this sick brag? The last time I talked to Rick Barnes, he was actually okay with the fact that his – that his uh, team was kind of second fiddle to the football team just so that he could do his own thing. As long as he was winning, people weren't bothering him. So, I mean, I think you get a, you have to get somebody that doesn't have necessarily as big an ego as some of these people that can accept the fact that they are going to be number two. But when I was in school, they were probably number one. Or baseball was number one, but basketball was probably right behind them. You know, we had a Sweet yeah. 16 run. Clemson was ranked in the top five for, for multiple weeks in that 96-97 season. So it can be done. 
at what cost? Good, point. Good points, uh, Tyler. Um, I'm yeah, not sure, you. and it, it kind of, it kind of, it's it's what I named this segment on our show right now. Kind of, kind of ambivalent. I'm kind of, you know, oh well, okay. I'm not uh, big yeah. on firing coaches, but I, I but yeah. I, you know, I'm not against it either. Like I just don't want <laughs> it. Something about wrapping my mind around people losing their job, but but I get it. I mean, I understand that's where everyone's going to go. I, I just don't know. If this is status quo for Clemson, then, then obviously, as as a Clemson fan, not necessarily a Clemson show. I, I, you know, I just want what's best for the program. Okay, Tyler says another one I'll would pose to an up and coming coach like Brad used to be thought of as if you throw money at him, um, love to get Shaka smart type that now could take hold of a weaker ACC. Wonder how long the ACC is going to be weak, but Coach K's gone. Hubert Davis is new at UNC. Who knows? knows? Could happen. It could happen. Hey, Casey, Clemson softball starts tomorrow. I'm a little surprised we haven't heard more from Nelson on this topic in the last week or so. Interesting start to the season for the the ladies. They have two five-game tournaments or invitationals. I don't know what exactly to call them. Uh, Tomorrow they start at the Florida Gulf Coast kickoff which includes uh, five games in five days. And this is a cool thing about softball, right? They don't have any days off. They just go right through. They play Florida Gulf Coast, Kent uh, State, Texas, Long Island, and Boston College. Then they turn around next Thursday and have another five-game tournament in St. Pete, Clearwater, all your old stomping grounds. Um, The St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational um, and then they play at Charlotte on the 23rd of February, 11 games on the road or neutral, but not in Clemson to start the season before they have their home opener against Boston University on uh, February 25th. Some fall. Yeah, I'm excited for it. it, it they're going to play tough teams. Texas is a tough squad. I, I believe they play a couple other uh, Pac-12 teams out in 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 St. Pete Clearwater. So I, th- I think they're, uh, they're in for it. You know, I don't know if Clemson's going to come home in February 25th or even head to Charlotte undefeated. I think Texas is going to, that, that should be a great game. Uh, but the ladies are, are exciting this year. Let me give you a little rundown for you. Uh, head coach, John Rittman, the ACC reigning ACC coach of the year returns eight starting players from last season, including five players that accounted for eight of, of Clemson's all ACC selections. And of course, Valerie Cagle, the all world, all everything, ACC player of the year, freshman player of the year. They come off a 44 and eight season, 29 and five in the ACC. They won seven ACC series, sweeping six of them. They ended up ranked 17th and 18th in polls, but they do have to replace that left side of the infield. They lost uh, Ansley Gilstrap and Casey Bigham. Gilstrap was fantastic for the Tigers if you paid even at one iota of a uh, attention. But he does return. Ritman does return a, a plethora of experience at the plate and in the circle. Um, he also adds eight newcomers. And I, here's a piece I'm going to tell you a little bit. I know I'm going to ramble here, but Sam Russ from NC State. Remember that name, Sam Russ, NC State. Uh, they do have a couple seniors. They got five seniors. I didn't think Cami Pereira was coming back, but apparently she is, and she's back playing second base. Marissa Jambarda is back, who's the big power threat. Um, Jambarda was all ACC first team. Pereira was all ACC tournament team. She came up big. She's a little uh, kind of a slap hitter, 
at the end of the lineup there and came up big in the, in the ACC tournament a year ago. The two home runs against Georgia Tech, or no one knew uh, that was even there. But Cagle, of course, she's the all ACC returning freshman, first time ever in the ACC freshman and player of the year. Um, she's preseason All American, preseason All ACC, preseason D1 softball.com, ACC preseason player of the year, blah, 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 trophy, trophy, trophy. Um, then you got to remember names. I'm, I'll finish this. Uh, Logo Leo, Jojo Hayek, Kaya Keller, Abby Stewart, Carly Shannon, Oda, May, Whitfeld, Morgan Johnson's hurt this year. Um, we got who's who's our girl? Pi Clark in center field, all ACC. She's fantastic. And then we had Millie Thompson, Marty's favorite uh, num- number two pitcher. She went 78 innings last year with a 2.05 and 70 strikeouts. And finally, um, I was talking about the transfer from NC State. She is the all-time leader in NC State's history in steals and stolen ba- steals in a career and stolen bases in a season. So Clemson likes to run. They're adding yet another lady that will run the bases. I'm excited about that getting uh, Sam Russ in this lineup. I'm excited for this season, as obviously, if you couldn't tell, I think they're going to be great. Hey, uh, Chancey said they're good tournaments. These are good tournaments for them. They get to play in them last year. Yeah, I just, I'm not saying they're not good tournaments, and, and this would be great experience on the road. It's just 11 straight games on the road seems that. A bit much, wow. but there's two tournaments in Florida. And like I said, I like the fact they just play right five straight days, man. Those those ladies, two, sometimes not during this, this 11 games, but two or three games in a day, I think. Uh, they had one time where they played three times in a day. And Tyler says, anything short of where last year's team ended up, I think even Cagle would think of as a failure. <laughs> Looking forward to big things from this team. Yep. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, you and Nelson yeah. kind of got me into it last year. Um, They're quick. A, They're quick games. A lot of fun. And I like Millie. Because, I wouldn't go that far, though. Okay. Um, 44 and 8 is tough to match. <laughs> um, and they got humbled uh, against Alabama. I mean, yeah. they, they, were, they got humbled quick against Alabama. Yeah. So not, and, quite, and not quite there. We kind of knew it watching through the year last year. I mean, uh, you would see Alabama on another channel in Oklahoma, who had, I think, 6,000 home runs last year. <laughs> um, they were crazy, man. And uh, so we kind of knew. We knew they were good, but we knew they weren't, you know, uh, national championship good. So just enjoy the ride for a second-year program now, third-year program. So a um, lot of lot, of, lot of fun. Um to watch those ladies, and they seem to have a good time. When you're 44 and eight, of course you're having a good time, right? It's hard to be unhappy if you're 44 and eight. Um, lots Absolutely. of fun, good times. We'll uh, start tomorrow. Five straight game, five straight days of softball uh, in Florida. Okay, Clacy, it's next week on the 18th. The Clemson baseball starts with three game series with Indiana. Uh, Indiana was 26 and 18 last year. All played 44 college games. That's all they played. They didn't play any non-conference games, which is kind of crazy to me. They were 10 and 10 away from home and had six players drafted. That's really all I know about Indiana. Monty Lee seems to think they're a good team. You know, he's, he's playing the Dabo role about, oh, we scheduled them to open up the season. That's crazy. I don't know why we're playing Indiana. <laughs> I don't know how good they are. They had six players drafted. I mean, 
can, can be terrible. On the other hand, that means six players that got drafted aren't on their team this year. So um, lots, you know, 25 and 27 last year, the first losing season since 1957. I'm a big Bonnie Lee guy, believer. Um, I think things need to change this year. Now, you know, I'm a big numbers guy, and I looked at the numbers, and um, by the Pythagorean theorem, they should have been 31 and 21 last year, which tells me they didn't do a lot of – they lost a lot of the one-run games that everybody's so happy when you win. I never am, not in college, because you, you don't want close games in college, and it's going to end – it's going to catch up with you eventually, and it caught up with Clemson last year. Um they should have been 31 and 21, so they were six games under where they should have been. 31 and 21 obviously keeps the win streak alive. Could have got you into the NCAA tournament, probably, maybe. Um, Monty's got some work to do uh, this year with this baseball team. And I think I'm not big into firing coaches. Clemson's had, what, three coaches since 1957? Yeah. Um, so. I wonder if there's any pressure on Monty this year. Uh, and I, when pressure, I mean, I know there's pressure on him, but I'm talking about is his job in jeopardy at all? Yeah, I, I think it may be a little bit. And, I, you know, I am a, the same type of guy, like I said, with the basketball program. I'm, I'm not sure, especially at baseball, um, what they can do. To, to I think Monty recruits well. I think he's a player's coach. I listen to Paul Bird, former uh, Clemson dad and former M- M- MLB pitcher for a long time talked just glowingly about how much Monty cares and how much he gets on guys and how much he works and how hard he is and how good he is. I think my whole thing with, with the baseball program is, is I, I tweet it all the time. I say it on here constantly. It's just doing the little things. And I do tend to make it seem like it's easier than it actually is. But it's when you have first and second and nobody out, you got to score a run. Uh, I've umpired a lot of baseball. I've played a lot of baseball. I, I know the game. I, I understand how hard it is to hit, especially when these things are at the – upper level of college are sliding in, you know, these sliders and change-ups and you get fooled constantly. I get it. Uh, it's still not that difficult to get a piece of the ball. I'm not saying hit it hard, square it up every time, but you got to get the ball and play and it's stuff like that that drives me insane. I don't think it's coaching. Uh, I really don't believe that that's the case. He is an analytics guy. I'm not saying even to bunt. I'm not even telling kids to bunt. I'm just saying get the bat on the ball get a little dribbler in front of the plate, do something to move those guys over and stay out of the double play. And, but you got to score a run first and second, nobody out. You got to, you got to run, you got to do little things. And it's, it's not necessarily small ball anymore. It's, but, but there's, there's ways to play it. And um, so that infuriates me. And, and we've talked about it nonstop too, is running, running into outs to end innings and, and end games. That's infuriating. So, we just got to play smarter. I think Monty said it in a couple of interviews about not having any leadership. He feels like the leadership is there this year. Uh, hopefully that's the case because sometimes that's all it takes. You get a, a couple of vocal guys in there. They had it a few years ago when they when they went on their run and, and lost to Vandy in the regional, but they were really pretty good. Um, got to work on the arms. You know, we, we're not sure uh, who's going to be the weekend starters. I, I say that ad nauseum week in, week out when we talk about baseball, but – I'm excited about this team. I think there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of new faces. The middle infield, you're going to be two guys you never even heard of before or seen. 
um, but I think they can be very, very, very dynamic. Yeah, well, here's some good news, Case. Um, you want to know about um, doing small things. Well, I'm going to doing some small statistics this year, like I used to do for so many years. Kind of lost track of it a couple of years ago, but I want to get back into it today. Today, this year, um, gotten back more into baseball. But my, you know, I write for an Astros website, uh, so that's kind of got me back into that mold of thinking about baseball. Um, but two of the, and I read this big, thick book on baseball stats. Uh, two of the uh, stats that I'm going to track are productive outs, which I know Monty tracks, um, and manufactured runs, which uh, I don't think you could find anywhere public, publicly. And I'm going to do some other stats around the major league type stats, the OPS plus and the WHIP plus, all the, not the, all the WHIP excuse me, not all the plus stats, but a few of them uh, that will give the fans, Clemson fans, um, stats that nobody else has. Uh, relatively easy to do with the that's on the internet these days. So we'll know, for instance, that Caden Grice, um, don't want, remember you weren't scared of him last year, his uh, OPS plus was uh, 135, I think, last year. So he was 35% over the average college player. I honestly thought it would be higher, right? Um, but uh, he was 135 um, last year. And when I did these stats, when I was building them out, I noticed a couple of things. They were like 144th in on base percentage, 100th in slugging, and there are 288 teams. So 144th means you're dead in the middle. I mean, almost literally right in the middle. And 100th and slugging is not going to cut uh, when you're 144th on base percentage. Uh, their ERA was like 104, uh, ERA plus, I should say. 104, which means they were 4% over the average. The average college ERA was 5.5, I think. And Clemson's was five, and so it makes sense. They're a little, little bit over mediocre. Same thing with the whip plus. I like whip because it tells me, uh, are you giving up hits and walks? You know, it, it means more in the major leagues where there's fewer errors. Uh, but still, it means something for college, right? If you're not giving up hits and you're not giving up walks, you're probably going to have a good game. So anyway, so I'm going to do game scores for the pitchers. Um, so have some stats. All that to say, I've been running this by J.P. Priester, friend of the show this week, saying, does this look good? Can you use this? Because he asked me last year for stats. And, of course, runners in scoring position, which um, he didn't have access to last year. But I'm going to make sure J.P. had access to these stats. And I was running by him this week, and uh, he liked what he saw. So that's good news. So we'll have some detailed information about are they moving the runners over? Are they scoring without, you know, three hits or a single and a long ball or the manufacturing runs. We'll know. We'll know how that's working out for this team. And I hope you're still in for this. We haven't even talked about it. But next Thursday, uh, me, you, and JP are going to do a Twitter Spaces on Clemson Baseball. And we're not going to have a show next week. You're traveling, I believe. And um, so we'll do a Twitter Spaces instead on Clemson Baseball next week with P. Trying to make sure we can all three find a time that, that works for us. So 
Um, I'm excited about the baseball season. Uh, I did notice they had six top 25 ACC teams on their schedule. That doesn't even count South Carolina and Georgia and, uh, you know, whoever else they have in the non-conference schedule. Tough schedule for the Clemson Tiger baseball team this year. Always, always a tough schedule. I just, you know, it's similar, similar idea as to when Leggett was around. It's, you got to win. You got to win the series. It sounds so simple, but you got to win your series over the weekend. Doesn't mean sweep the series and you got to win your, your midweek games. You just have to. I mean, that's in order to be successful in college baseball, those Tuesday, Wednesday games, I don't care who they're against. If they're against Georgia, I understand Georgia's pretty good. But those games are scheduled for a reason. They kind of keep you fresh, keep moving. In the MLB, they're playing every every day, only two days off a week, one day a week, um, or two days off. And you're only getting really one day during that week off. Um, but anyway, so, you know, they got to win those midweek games. they got to win their series in order to be successful. They're going to drop some series. They just don't get swept. You know, if they win they win more than they lose in the series. Here, here we go, waxing poetic, Marty. They win more series than they lose. They're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I, and I saw a friend of the show, Mike Palfrey. I don't know if he's listening tonight. I doubt it because we haven't heard from him. I thought Notre Dame was like number four in the, uh, I think it was Baseball America Top 25. Um, they pissed you off. They the, do everything. What? Like, I should be a Notre Dame fan because they do everything <laughs> that I want Clemson to do. Yeah. But that'll yeah, never happen. Uh, and hopefully, like I said, we'll have a stat on manufactured runs and, and, and how many manufactured runs you give up. And, um, uh, uh, productive at bats where you're moving guys over so we'll have some idea now i won't have all those stats for the ncaa so i really won't know whether it's good or bad but we'll have some idea instead of just saying they are manufacturing any runs well are they or not you know you have a number and we can we can figure it out chancy made a good point here new ad so you never know he could have as a coach when it comes to coaches i would and i don't know what you're you mean to imply chances? Will he fire him quickly or will he go the opposite way? I think he'll go the opposite way. I don't think he wants to be the guy. What when's June is uh, he'll be on the job seven months, seven months firing, you know, a baseball coach for only the second time since 1957. I think he'll maybe give him a little bit more run uh, since he's a new AD. And, but on the other hand, he could, you know, he's sitting back. He's obviously been, Knowing what's going on in the program, and you know, who knows? Chances they right. go twenty and thirty, and maybe he's got a decision. <laughs> yeah, I I agree, and it just kind of fell apart on last year, right? They ended up the reason that they the reason it's thirty one and twenty one on the Pythagorean is because they scored more runs than they gave up, right? They lost a whole bunch of one run games. It just kind of got away from them. They just couldn't do the little things, as you said, to win baseball games and. Just incredibly disappointing. Um, incredibly, incredibly disappointing. But that is uh, not this week. That is next week. On the 18th, Indiana, one other thing I forgot to say, Indiana had an RPI of 107 last year. So we'll see. Me, you, JP, on Twitter spaces. Hey, uh, Anthony Weeks asked earlier case, but uh, chopping beef this week or no, no beef? We'll, we'll, no beef this week. We'll be back next week. We appreciated Anthony Weeks coming in last week. That was awesome. He was uh, he was giving us some comments, and he had no idea what to expect, like a lot of people that come in. And we ended two weeks in a row with a doozy. So uh, 
I think he was laughing as we all were. It was it was a lot of fun. But not this week. Yeah. We're gonna pick it back up next week. It's been a couple of a couple of crazy uh, crazy weeks on that show. I, I I'm not sure why, but I think I'm <laughs> think I have an idea. Um, and we're not going to have this show next week because you're going to be traveling, as we talked about earlier. So no chopping beef tomorrow, no sluggo next week, chopping beef probably next week, and a Twitter spaces next week related to baseball. Schedule's going crazy. Over on SouthernNewsReserve.com, John Chancey began his series on Clemson culture. And as I mentioned, I have baseball stats and stories. I'm going to do some more writing on the baseball team this year. Watch it a little closer. You know, maybe get a come across, come up with a different realization of of why things are the way they are, and if a change is needed, which I certainly hope it's not. Um, as I mentioned, no logo next week. Uh, Twitter Spaces with JP Priester. We're trying to work out a time for the three of us to get together, um, and that's about it. Case, um, I know you've been on the road a lot and traveling and working hard and uh, making the cashola for for the fam. And uh, like yeah, uh, so so Slider can uh, go to Clemson someday, right? That's right. Hey, that place is expansive. <laughs> well, you're in state now. Right? That's true. So That's true. It all, it all works out. All right, Casey. Uh, tell the people we appreciate them and let's get the heck out of here. Yeah, them. thanks so much to everyone in the Southern News Reserve College Football Discussion Facebook group, especially Nelson Wilhite for all his help. John Chancey for all his work on SeldomNewsReserve.com. Uncle John McGee, as always. Everyone in Seldom News Reserve, Sluggo Podcast, and each and every one of you who listens, likes, shares, and participates, notably Tyler Neely tonight. We appreciate you, pal. On behalf of Marty, Seldom News Reserve, Coleman, I am Casey the Deep Regan. We won't see you next week, but you'll hear our voices on Thursday. But we'll see you when we see you on Sluggo. Later. I think we're done here. <laughs> <laughs>